0: talk about baptism. How does baptism make us new? Well, it does. It's really cool. I'm super excited to be talking to you all today about it. And I um, love history, and I've always said before I'm a word junkie, right? You know, like my, my thing that I love to get into is God's word. And one of the things that I found out just from like learning about the culture of the Jewish people is that they um, had baptisms. It was part of their going down into the water and coming up clean again. And I think Jesse has some pictures here of these as, now on the right, you see that modern pool? That just looks like a hot tub. You're like, yeah, Mary, that's just a hot tub. Nope, that's actually a modern-day Jewish baptismal tank where they'll go down in, and they'll ceremonially go down into the water and come back up to be clean. Now, on the left, this is one that they had found in the um, Middle East like a historic one where years, years, years back that they would use that one. And so the Jewish people to this day still have baptismal tanks. So what was the point then of going down in the water? Again, we know it's a ceremonial thing, right? Because, you know, if we want to be clean, you got to throw a little soap in there. And and we know scientifically a shower is probably better because it's going to wash the dirty water away but it was a sign of saying that I'm dirty, which we know we all get dirty, right? It doesn't mean your physical body getting dirty. It means that me as a human being, I am a sinner. I am not clean. And so the Jewish people would ceremonially go down in the water and come back up and be ceremonially clean. And then once they had been ceremonially clean, then during that time they wouldn't you know, want to have sex with their wife, they wouldn't want to touch a dead person. So who are some of the people that would do this? Some of the priests, some of the Levites who would maybe go into the temple and go into the most holy place to do the, to light the candles or to do the incest. They would go in there and they would say, look, okay, it's my turn to serve. I'm going to be here for the next three days to serve in the temple. It's my turn, but I'm coming as a sinner I'm coming knowing that I am not a clean person, that I've done things, I've said things, I've touched a dead body, I've had sex with my wife, I've, I've lied, I've done all these different things, and I know that as I come into the presence of God, who's holy, that I am dirty, and so I'm going to go down into this water, I'm going to do this ceremony, I'm going to come out, and now I'm washed, and now I can go into the temple and praise the Lord, right, and, and to serve him. Now, as Christians, we know that the blood of Jesus covers us and washes us and makes us clean. But this, but this outward moment of going before people and going down in the water and coming up is really a humbling of oneself to say, I know that I need to be washed. And so what happened was, is this was something that the priests and the Levites would do before they'd go down into the temple to do things And we were sent, John, right before Jesus came. And John came on the scene and he went down to a river and he began to baptize everybody and opening it up to everybody to say, like, look, hey, you're a tax collector. Hey, you're a prostitute. Guess what? You can be clean. God wants you to repent of your sins to publicly say, I'm a sinner and I can be clean. It doesn't have to be reserved just for the Levites, it doesn't have to be reserved just for the priests. Anybody can be made clean again. You don't have to stay in this attitude of I'm dirty all the time. So we see here in Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 1, the beginning of this ministry, right? So Jesus is on the scene, and the prophet said that, that, uh, uh, that someone would come and declare the way. And so let's read it here. Mark chapter 1, verse 1, it says, The beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. So the prophet said, Look, I will send a messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. So John's job was to remind everybody we need a Messiah because we're all dirty, we're all sinners. The only reason why you need a savior is because you need to be saved. And what do we need to be saved from? Our humanity. The fact that we all have impure thoughts, right? I've probably had, you know, an impure thought on my way here. I was probably envious of that lady's um, Christmas lights, right? And I was probably, you know, judging this person I saw walking on the side of the street. And I I mean, we, we can't stop the thoughts sometimes, can we? Anyway? I mean, we can train ourselves after a while to, to look at love or compassion or not to be like, oh, I wish I had those lights, but rather like, boy, those lights are beautiful, right? But the reality is we are all sinners. I need to be saved. You need to be saved. We all need a Savior. So John came on the scene, and he's reminding everybody, like, y'all need a Savior, and when the savior comes it's not going to just be for the perfect people who don't look like they ever sin. No, we all need to be washed. We all need a savior. And guess what when you come back out you're not going to be perfect again. That's not the point. The point was you going down in the water and coming back up saying I needed to be clean. So it says, I will send a messiah or a messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Now this wasn't just a special place at the temple courts for the priest to go down and be clean before he went into the presence of the God, right? He did this in the river for everybody. He said, like, you can all be in the presence of God. A Messiah is coming that wants a personal relationship with all of you. And so he's down at the river, and it says the whole Judean countryside and all of the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes one more powerful than I, The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And at that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Even Jesus wanted to have his humanity part of him cleansed. We know he was without sin. And at one point, when you read through some of the different accounts that John and him discussed, John said, I don't need to baptize you, right? Because you're sinless. You are the Messiah. And he said, I must do this. Why? Because we follow him. He is our example. Everything Jesus does, we are to do. So how could he ask us, his followers, to go and be baptized if he wasn't first baptized, right? So it says that Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open, and the spirit descended upon him like a dove, and a voice came from heaven and said, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. I love that. Not only did Jesus go and show us all that our humanity needs to be cleansed, right? There's a part of us that is dirty, and we need that Savior. But he went in front of us to have this done. And God, the Father, used that moment to publicly proclaim. And when you read through some of the other versions of it, it says that they saw it as well. They heard this thunderous voice from heaven saying, this is my son who I am well pleased. And many of John's disciples actually then began to follow Jesus. When you read through as he begins to call some of his disciples, that some of them were originally disciples of John, and when some of the disciples said something to John about, hey, now the crowds are going with him, now the disciples are going with him, he John said, They must. I came to prepare the way for them. My my following will diminish, and now his is going to grow. So John knew that he was just there for that moment to prepare the way. And so his disciples that have been hearing all of the prophecies, had been hearing everything, when they saw the Holy Spirit fall down upon Jesus, they had seen tons and tons of baptisms. But when they saw that fall down on Jesus, they knew now he is the one. So I love this. I love that this water baptism is a public profession pro- proclaiming that I am a sinner and I need a savior. And I, when you're baptized in the name of Jesus, you're saying he is my savior. He is the one that's going to make me clean. Now, I, I said I was going to explain how some people... Um, Some churches, right, do the the tank, and we go all the way down in the water, and we come back up, and then some places they just sprinkle on, and, you know, some places they dedicate babies, and some places will baptize babies, and, like, what's the difference? And what I'm going to show you here is a few different scriptures of why we do what we do, and I'm going to let you know that as we have been gathering here at the Great Lakes Dream Center legally, if you look up our registration of a church in the state of Michigan, it says we're non-denominational. And that just basically means we do not have a denominational head over us, right? We are an independent church that first began. But I like to talk about us, you know, behind, um, aside from the legal end of it, as multi-denominational. And so, When I understand, like, why babies were sprinkled with the holy water and baptized as children in the Catholic Church or the Methodist Church or the Lutheran Church, and I have a parent that says, I want my infant baptized, well, we'll baptize that infant. But then when I have somebody else say, I want my child dedicated, and I can see here in the scriptures where it's dedicated, then we'll dedicate that child. So we, even though we're legally a non-denominational church because we do not have a denomination over us, We're technically multi-denomination, meaning that we will embrace whatever Christian faith, as long as it's following Christ, that you as the parent or as the grandparent or um, as the individual want to follow because God's word shows us so many different things. That's why so many different churches follow all these different things. Now, this scripture I did not give Jesse, but I wanted to just hit on this real quick to show you. So we see here with John the Baptist that the people went to the river and they went all the way in and one came all the way out. That's the full dunk. That's what most adults do, and it's symbolism back to the Jewish point of baptism, of going down into that water and coming back out. Um, but we also see in the book of Acts where it says one family, they came to know the Lord, and it says everyone in the household was baptized. And so like the Catholic Church or the Methodist Church or the Lutheran Church, they'll say, well, everyone in that household, some of them may have been infants. So where in the scripture does it show that we are allowed just to sprinkle them and have them be clean? Because the thought is, this infant was born in sin. This is a human infant, right? And so what if my child dies? I want to know that they've been cleansed and so that they go to heaven when they die. Well, in Ezekiel chapter 36, these prophets, again, were talking about when the Messiah comes, what's going to happen? And it says in Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 25, it says I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you and I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Now, We see here, this is a prophecy about when the Messiah comes and what he was going to do. Isn't it interesting that John said here in Mark chapter 1, in verse 7, and he says, and this was his message, After me comes the one more powerful than I, the the straps of whose sandals I'm not even worthy to stoop down and untie. I will baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And here in Isaiah, it says, My spirit I will put on you. John is saying that when Jesus baptized, it's the spirit that will be going on you. So I love this, that in Ezekiel, he talks about sprinkling somebody with the, I will sprinkle you with clean water, and my spirit will come upon you. So this is some of the scriptures that different denominations use to um, show why there's different ways of being baptized. Okay, does that make sense? Now, I often encourage people, if you were baptized as an infant, that spirit of, repentance, right, of being made clean. Um, that's wonderful, and that was a beautiful thing that your parents did for you, and we're going to probably be um, sprinkling some babies next week and be baptizing them, and, and just as Ezekiel says that Jesus came to do, we'll baptize them in the name of Jesus, and we're going to believe that God is going to put a new spirit in them, a new heart in them. The parents, you know, will be making this declaration that they're not only baptizing them in the name of Jesus, but dedicated to have them serve the Lord all their days and to be able to give them opportunities to share the gospel with them. But as an adult, you can be rebaptized, right? Now we see here in the end of Mark where Jesus gives these instructions to the disciples as he's about to ascend into heaven. It says in Mark chapter 16 verse 15, he says to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel of all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved but whoever does not believe will be condemned now i find this really interesting because sometimes people see that scripture and they say well if i if i'm baptized and i believe i'm saved that is correct that's what it says right he says whoever believes and is baptized will be saved but it says whoever does not believe will be condemned he doesn't say whoever does not get baptized will be co- condemned the condemnation comes from not believing that Jesus Christ is one and only Son. So the whole point of the baptism after the belief is that I'm making this public declaration that, yes, I do need a Messiah. My, my Myself as a human, as a sinner, needs to be cleansed. We see this here in the book of Acts, and I just wanted to show you scripturally all of this. I just love going to God's Word because there's so much that's been shown in here about baptism, and this isn't even the tip of the iceberg, but... In the book of Acts, there was a man traveling, and Philip was a disciple, and and he saw this eunuch reading in the book of Isaiah, and he went over to talk to him. God put on his heart to go talk to this man. And the eunuch said to Philip, tell me, please, who is this prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Because he was reading in Isaiah about the Messiah coming. Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave the orders to stop the chariot, and then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the river, or into the water, and Philip baptized him. When he came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. What we see in the scriptures is that when people are told about the good news of Jesus, the automatic next thought is, I want to be baptized. And now again, we don't live in this culture where we know of the understanding of the priests going down in the water and coming up clean to be in the presence of God. But I can tell you about it, that that was their culture. And all of a sudden now, people who thought that being in the presence of God was only for the priests are being told, guess what? Jesus came so all of us can be in the presence of God, so that all of us can have his spirit living in us. And, yep, we're all sinners, but you can go down in that water once in the name of Jesus and come up and have the blood of Jesus over you. You can believe in him, and now you can have his presence upon you. And so I think this is just a beautiful, wonderful example of as Philip showed him that the Messiah came not just for special people, but for all of us, in and that, in that by going down in the water, you're saying, yep, now I'm going to come up, and I'm clean, and I am and I'm made righteous, not because of my choices, not because tomorrow I'm not going to sin again, right? It says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Um, I love that passage. I know I've read it to you guys numerous times in John chapter 3, where it says, those who are condemned are those the ones who don't believe, and they stand in the dark But it says, but those who believe in the name of God's one and holy only Son, they stand in the light so that what they may do will be seen plainly. What is he saying? Because you know you're still going to sin, and it's seen plainly by God. But you don't care if he sees it because he is going to cleanse you and make you whole. Now, that doesn't mean there's not earthly consequences to earthly sin, right? If I go around lying all the time and people don't trust me, in heaven I'm still saved because I've been cleansed by the blood of Jesus, I believe in him, but my earthly consequence still is there, so that's why the Bible, especially if you read through the book of Galatians, it's just beautiful how Paul goes back and forth saying, look, you don't have to, you know, circumcise yourself and have to follow all the Jewish laws, but when you have God's Holy Spirit in you, hopefully it'll convict you and show you a good way to live your life and to be able to be at peace with everyone that you're around because there is those consequences. But what I wanted us to see here in the book of Acts is that when the eunuch hears about Jesus, you know, what the prophets say about Jesus coming, that the natural response for him was, I can be baptized just like those priests are. I can receive Jesus and I, and it says the spirit came down upon them. He went away in joy. Philip then went on to his next assignment. And so it's just beautiful that we see that. I'm going to skip over to the book of Acts because a lot of times people will say, well, if I received a sprinkling, right, of the repentance of when I was infant and born and my parents wanted to make sure that I received that forgiveness of my sins, that my earthly nature and they they raised me to church and brought me to church as an adult, should I be rebaptized? Can I be rebaptized? Or maybe, you know, I was baptized as an adult or as a child and I knew what I was doing, but maybe I'm rededicating my life to the Lord. I want a new, fresh beginning. Can I be rebaptized? A lot of times people would ask that. I always kind of go back to the culture, right? And I would say, well, you know, the priests, when they would come back to visit, you know, t- the year later for their thing, they would go and get baptized again because they knew, hey, in the last year, I've done a lot of earthly, carnal things. I want to come before the Lord and say, I know I'm a sinner, I want to be cleansed, I want to come back up. So, you know, culturally, like seeing how the Jewish people traditionally did baptism, it would make sense that if we're ready to rededicate our lives to the Lord, we want to be baptized again. The caution would be, though, to think that every time I sin, I have to go down in in the baptism waters. When you're going down in the baptism waters, you're believing that what Jesus did on the cross covers not only your past sins, but your future sins as well, because you continue to believe in him as your Messiah. But that doesn't mean that there's not those moments in our lives where we feel like we do want to go back down into the waters of baptism again, or as an adult, to say, I make, my parents made that choice for me, but now that I have been raised in church and understand who Christ is, I want to make that decision on my own. For me, I was three years old when I was first baptized, and you know, I, I listened to the pastor talk about it, and I was very clear. I understood. I was sitting in, the, sitting in my seat, and I heard everything that was said, and I remember coming home and telling my parents, like, and I might have been four, three or four years old, and I remember saying, I want to be baptized. And my dad was very concerned. I was so young. And I said, he's like, well, what does it mean? And I said, that means that I'm a sinner, and I want Jesus to forgive me, and I'm, you know, I'm going to receive him. And because I understood at a young age, my parents let me be baptized. But then as I was older, I remember being like 13, 14 years old, and a special minister came in, and they were going to have this big baptism. And I remember hearing about it again, and I said, you know, at a very young age, I knew I wanted to serve the Lord. But as a teenager, I want to make a new, fresh proclamation and to be baptized and say that from now on, I'm going to live my life again. And I want to be filled with that Holy Spirit. I want that second dose right and so I was baptized again and I've had lots of different people ask me that should I be baptized well Jesus said go into all the world make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit so anything that Jesus said we should do I like to say let's let's at least do it once right let's at least do what he said should I do it again though that's up to you that's a personal decision and if you have a desire we see scripturally where it was done again In the book of Acts, chapter 19, we see that Apollos had gone before into an area and was preaching about us being sinners and needing to be cleansed and needing a Messiah. Okay? So we see that it says While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we did not even know, hear about the, this Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. And Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one who was coming after him, and that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on him, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. And there was about 12 men in all. So we see here that here is a group of disciples that are in this, in this town in Ephesus, and they've heard, and they, they're disciples, they're following the way. They know, they know that a Messiah has come. But they were baptized just simply for repentance. And Paul is letting them know, like, when you are baptized in the name of Jesus— you're not only saying I'm a sinner and I need to be made clean, but you're also saying that I believe in Jesus and I want his Holy Spirit to fill me. And so as an adult, when you make that decision, many times, you know, the babies are baptized because they need—they want them, the parents want them to have that repentance. So if the child dies, they know they're going to heaven. But there's also a choice as an adult to be baptized again when we go under the, the waters and, and, in, and different scriptures throughout the um, letters that were wrote, the disciples talked about, you went down into death, into the baptismal waters, and you came back to life. This is, this is the first day of the rest of your life, right? You were reborn with God's spirit in you. And so for other people, it's very symbolic because the disciples described it that way, as to say, okay, the Savior went before us, he went and he died and was placed in the tomb for three days, and then he was rose, raised to life again. That as I go down into the baptismal waters, and when I come back out, I'm reborn. I've got God's spirit in me now, and now I um, am, you know, been raised back to life again with God's spirit in me. And so we see that these men were baptized a second time. And they were baptized in the name of Jesus as, you know, um, men who wanted to be filled with God's presence and God's spirit. Jesus was so clear by telling us that I must go so I can release God's spirit upon all of you. So for me, when as we baptize people, I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be praying for you. Um, I've had people come in before and just say, you know, one lady talked about how she just had been suffering from depression for so long. And she just needed to have a fresh start. And she knew we were doing a baptismal service. And so she came in and she said, just would you pray for me, just pray that anything that is still on me, that is from the world, that is from the enemy, that it just breaks off me. And as she went down in the waters, when she came back out, she just came out with all this joy. And she said, it left me. She goes, I can just feel different. And I remember seeing her months later. And she was just saying, like, that was a new fresh start for me. Some people go down in the water, they come back up, and they feel no different, right? But we know that what happens in the spirit, you can't always feel or you can't see in the flesh, right? Just because you can't see a change doesn't mean there hasn't been a change, and this has been a public declaration. And most times, right, people go down the water, they come back up, and and they just know in their heart that they obeyed what Jesus said, that Jesus said to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They knew they were sinners. They had already accepted Jesus, and they already had believed, so they knew they were no longer condemned. But they did this as a public act of obedience, knowing that they wanted that to become, you know, part of the child of God. We see this here in uh, Galatians. Is it Galatians? Yeah. In Galatians chapter 3, when it talks about baptism, it says in verse 26, So in Christ ch- Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. See, you might not feel like his child, but by faith you are. You know, and, and depending on, on what's going on in your life, you may never ever feel different, but you know that when you pray, you've got Father God with you. And other times we do feel it, right? It just depends on kind of what's going on. It says, For in Christ Jesus, you are children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. So this author is describing it as when you go down in the waters of baptism, when you come back up, you have got the clothing of Christ on you. Why do I need the clothing of Christ? Because I need his righteousness. Because my clothing is dirty and gross. (laughs) So I get to walk around now with, like, white holy robes, not because I'm righteous and deserve it, but because I was baptized, and I confessed I was a sinner, and I came back out clean, and with his righteousness on me. It says, There is neither now Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, there is neither male and female, for you are all one in Christ. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to his promise. See, I love that. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. See, in their culture, it was very much of all the, well, the slaves are over here, but us free men were over here. Oh, you women, you're over here. Us men, we're over here. Oh, you Gentile sinners, you're over here. Us holy Jews, we're over here. And there was always this great divide. And all of a sudden now, it's when you're baptized in Christ, when you come back out, we're all the same. We're all children of the Most High God. You don't have to wear your slave clothing anymore. You don't have to wear this clothing that denotes that you're this culture or you're that or you're of this, you know, gender or that gender. No, you're all clothed in Christ. And he sees you all as his children, as his heirs. So baptism isn't something to be afraid of, right? i, I never had people say, well, I don't know if God's going to like, you know, what if God radically does something in my life and I don't like it, right? What if, he, what if I go down in the waters of baptism and I come back up and, and I have no desire to sin anymore or I have no desire to smoke anymore I have no desire to this or that? Most of the time, those things that God puts on your heart and you're able to let go of are things that you wanted to let go of, right? God doesn't God doesn't force his will on you. But I have had people who have come to baptism saying, all right, when I go down in the waters and I die, I want this desire of nicotine to end. And they come back out, and then God miraculously has taken away the desire of nicotine. But they came to that baptism with that desire of, this is something that when it goes down in, I don't want it to come back up with me. Other people had no such desires, right? They just were... God's word says that I should be baptized, I'm going to do that. I remember visiting a church one time and didn't realize it was their baptism Sunday. And and they had had a class similar to this where they explained all the different reasons to be baptized. And um, so when they came up, this particular church, they had them say why they were being baptized, I will not be doing that. So don't worry, don't fret. I'm just using this as an example. I find that most people don't want to share their stories in front of the whole congregation. You might want to tell me privately in prayer, that's fine. Um, And if you want to tell people publicly, put it on your Facebook account, but we're not doing that next week. But in this particular church, they had people say why they were being baptized. And I was surprised, but probably 75% of them just simply said, because God's word says that as a disciple of Christ, I should be baptized. And that was simple. And I think what they probably told them was, if you don't want to share anything, you can just, that's, that's a valid reason. And so 75% of them, that's all they said. And I said, those are all the introverts, right? <laughs> and then we had about 25% of the extroverts that said, you know, some of them were like, well, I was, you know, baptized with repentance when I was an infant, but now as an adult, I want to make my own public profession of, um, being a, sa- a sinner and being going down in the waters and coming back up with Christ, and God's Word talks about that. And so there was all different reasons why people were baptized or not baptized, and it was interesting to hear all of that. And so I just want to encourage all of you that as a believer in Christ, you're not condemned if you're not baptized. But the word is very clear, and you're encouraged to be baptized. Jesus said to go and baptize them. All who are baptized. Well, let's see here. Let's read it. Mark chapter 16. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. I I find it interesting. What is it that we're not believing? We're not believing we need a Savior, we're not believing this is the Savior. We're not believing that, like, you know, we are perfect, maybe, and that, you know, I don't think any of us can believe we're perfect. I think that we have enough of a consciousness to know. So some of you may have not signed up yet, but after hearing all of this, maybe you've decided, yes, I would like to be baptized. Maybe I'd like to be, you know, re-baptized. Maybe I went through a time where I kind of drifted away from the Lord and I and I haven't been serving him, and and now that I'm coming and I realize that, Jesus is the Messiah, that I do need him, that I can't live life without him, I want to go down in the baptism waters again and come back up clean, you can, you can sign back up again. You can go back there and sign up again. We just ask you to make sure you write out the names of those that are being baptized. So, and some of you, you know, want to have your infants just dedicated to the Lord. You're saying, like, you know what? I know that um, I'm going to just dedicate them to the Lord. I'm going to raise them. And then when they're old enough, they can be water baptized Or some of you are like, no, I know that there is a flesh, and they're carnal, and that, like Ezekiel said, we can sprinkle the water on them in the name of Jesus and that they will be clean. And as an adult, they want to do the full submersion, that'll be their choice. So whatever you decide is entirely up to you. And some people maybe want to dedicate a child that's already been water baptized, and we'll just bring the children up and dedicate them as well. So because of COVID and everything that's going on, We're going to have the baptismal tank up here. We have um, a water heater thing that will be going in Saturday night to be warming up the water overnight, make sure we've got nice warm water for us on Monday. Um, What we do is we put some disinfectant in the water, and so we'll have a little, um, usually there's a certain amount you do for that much water. We'll be adding some disinfectant in between each family group, and we're only going to have one group of family members come up at a time, So when you come up here, I will be up here, Pastor Melissa will be up here to pray over you and to baptize you in the name of the Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But Pastor Melissa and I will be wearing masks. And once you come up here, you'll be able to take your masks off. You can just kind of leave them over here because, obviously, if you're going down into the water and you're coming back up, you won't be able to have your mask on. That would kind of be messy. We'll have tarps over everything. We encourage you to bring with you towels and bring with you, obviously, your change of clothes. So if you have been volunteering here, you should have a blue um, Great Lakes Dream Center t-shirt. And if you have not been volunteering here and you're signed up to baptism after service, you can go up to the welcome booth, and Ashley or Marlene will be able to help you to make sure that everybody who is baptized gets a t-shirt. We don't have a lot of child sizes, but we do have small adult t-shirts, so we'll give those for the kids. Um, Obviously, they, they won't fit the infants. But you can put the infant in whatever, because we won't be submerging any infants, but we'll be sprinkling the water if you're doing baptism for your infant. And what we're going to do then is the family will call your family group up. We will pray over you. We will baptize each of you. We'll dedicate any of the children that you want also dedicated. And then you bring your towels up with you. You'll towel off. And then when we dismiss you, you can go back into either the family bathroom up here or then. At the bottom of the basement steps down there are boys' bathroom and girls' bathroom. You can get changed and then come back up quietly and sit down because after you are dismissed, the next family group will be invited up to be baptized. And then we'll put the disinfectant in the water in between. And again, um, that way the only people on the stage is a family group without a mask on. Does that make sense? It's kind of like one of those things. We went all summer and we didn't have our baptismal service and it was just like the Lord was just putting it strong on my heart that, you know, this is one of our... Um, you know, symbolic and um, spiritual acts in the church is baptism. We've got communion, which we've, you know, done the um, individual wrap to kind of make sure and keep that going, but to, to do that once a month. And baptism are one of those things that traditionally have always been a part of the church and a part of the Jewish culture. And then when Jesus came on the scene, then he opened it up to everyone, right? And so traditionally, the Passover meal was just for the Jewish people once a year. And Jesus came and said, do this in remembrance of me. Whenever you do this, whenever you break bread, whenever you have the wine, remember that I shed my blood for you. You know, the Jewish people would remember once a year with Passover about the the blood of the lamb shed to cover them, but I have been your sacrifice. So every time, do this in remembrance of me. So we do that once a month now. And again, they had the whole baptism of the priests to be holy, to go into God's presence. And then Jesus came and said, we can all be baptized. Baptize everyone in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why? Because everyone is allowed now to come into my presence. Everyone is now allowed to go to the Father and talk to him. Not just the priest once a year can go in the Holy of Holies. That's why it's so interesting. When Jesus died on the cross, when he said, it is finished, it says there was an earthquake across the land and the, the curtain that separated the holy place from the most holy place in the temple where God's presence was, it says that it ripped in half. This was not just like a little flimsy curtain. This was a really super thick, thick, um, it was basically a cloth wall that had been built into this and hung from the ceiling, had been up there for hundreds of years. And this earthquake ripped it in two. Why? Because God's presence left the ark, and that holy, most holy place, and now is released to be with all of us. So when we accept Christ, we're saying, it's okay, come live in my heart. I remember being a little girl and saying, Jesus, come live in my heart, you know? And I, like, envisioned, like, a little miniature Jesus and, like, a little chair and, like, this little compartment in my chest, right? And he just sat in there, and he read his Bible all day, and that was my understanding of inviting Jesus into my heart. We know now that there, it's his spirit. His spirit can fill us. Those moments when, like, you know, we're like, okay, God, are you with me? And all of a sudden we feel that peace when we are interacting with him. That's him saying, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Some of us, right, need to invite him in more often, need to, like, respond to him, say, I know you're with me. I'm going to be okay, right? And let that peace come over us. All right, let me just see here. So, in. The book of Acts, we see that they were baptized again. They acknowledged Jesus as their Messiah. So they knew they needed to be cleansed. And so I don't know where you're at, right? Where you are at in your walk, but I want you to know that he invites you. He invites you to have a deeper relationship with him, to be filled with his spirit. And I'm going to just pray. Is that okay? I'm going to pray over all of you. Father God, I just thank you for this message. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you gave us baptism so that all of us can come before you and acknowledge that we're a sinner, that we need to be cleansed, and that we believe in you as our Messiah, and that your presence will fill our hearts. And that I just ask you, Father God, just to let the blood of Jesus cover every single person who has heard this message. May the seed of this word, may the water of this word, Just grow in their hearts. We cover it with the blood of Jesus. And we just ask you, Father God, for those that are meant to be a part of this service next week, that they'll go and sign up, that they'll be excited, and that there will be nothing hindering them in the next week to stop them from coming and receiving your presence, receiving whatever gift you may have for them, whatever presence you want to put on their heart and fill them, whatever you want to remove from their lives that that they don't want there anymore. And I ask you, Father God, to give them wisdom. For those who have been baptized and, and are content with their baptism and know that they have you with them, I'm just so thankful. May they be the witnesses. May they come next week as a body of Christ and, and, and be proud of the congregation and their fellow brothers and sisters for making this declaration. May they be praying for everyone this week. And we just thank you that your word is clear and that as we spread this gospel, as we make disciples, that we can all be made clean, that we can all come before your presence and know that what you've done on the cross forgives us of what we have done and what we will do and that you are bigger than any mistake we'll ever make. But by inviting you to be a part of our lives, that you will make us new creations in you. We just thank you for your word. We bless you. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Amen. Well, I hope you guys all have a wonderful week. Again, if you're signed up for baptism, please make sure you go get a t-shirt so you'll have it ready for next week. Um, You know, cotton shorts are the easiest for going in and coming back out, or cotton pants. Um, And then just bring a change of clothes, bring some towels, and we will see you next week. God bless.